Tonight's uh, message is, is entitled, Shoot the Shot. Shoot the Shot. Uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, we'll get back to the title later. But we'll be in 2 Timothy, and uh, sec- uh, um, uh, Timothy is uh, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And um, I don't know why I, I always just, you know, whenever I was younger, I used to always connect to him. Like, you know, if I wanted to find out something to do, I would go to... Timothy, for some reason, I didn't even read it that much, but I just did. And, um, you know, um, uh, about a month ago, I started studying him some more, just a little bit. And, um, you know, Timothy is such an interesting person because, you know, we hear about him in third person, uh, you know, and we, we hear about him in that way, but we learn so much about him. And, um, you know, Second uh, uh, Timothy uh, is a book that's written by Paul, the apostle, and uh, he's, writing to, uh, he's writing to Timothy, who the Bible refers to him as a spiritual son. And uh, Paul, at, you know, in this book, is nearing the end of his life. Uh, he is, uh, you know, uh, I believe it's one of his last books, if not the last letter, excuse me, that he wrote. Uh, and um, at this point of his life, he is preparing for the inevitable, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, he's basically facing execution at this time. And he had spent his entire life sharing the gospel, planting churches, and just making sure, you know, that he's sending out people to shepherd these congregations all throughout the Asian minor area. And um, Paul would, you know, would, 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 would go on these, these missionary journeys where he would go and share the gospel. And um, uh, on the second missionary journey that he took, well, well, the first one, the first missionary journey that he took, he went through a town called Lystra. And on his second journey, he, he, um, he again, one of the first places he stopped was Lystra. And this was the town that Timothy grew up in. And uh, the Bible says that Timothy, um, that his mom and his grandmother taught him the word of God. They taught him the Old Testament. So much so that uh, Paul says that it was... It was uh, that it became, uh, he, that he became wise for salvation. In other words, that when the time came for him to be saved, it just, it just, the light bulb went off. He just, this is the person I've been hearing about. This is who I need. And so he grew up, he got saved, he got born again. I imagine he got involved, you know, uh, you know in his church, serving, leading, you know, and, and the Bible says that it became apparent to the elders and leaders at this time that you know, uh, this guy, there's something different about this kid. And, and they realized that, you know, that he was called to ministry. So anyways, Paul came through, uh, you know, his second, you know, you know, second missionary journey. He stops in Lystra. And at that time, he realizes this young man, he is called to ministry. He's coming with me. So he began to embark on a journey with Paul, you know, walking, uh, uh, you know, sailing, you know, you know, everywhere with him. He experienced a lot of things with Paul. And, um, and, you know, he, uh, you know, what we see is, um, you know, the Bible tells us that he would be sent out by Paul as a, um, as a representative, you know, at different churches representing him, you know, you know, dealing with issues, dealing, you know, with different things. And in fact, the Bible says that, uh, that he eventually became the pastor of a church in Ephesus because uh, they just needed, they needed a strong leader. They needed somebody who was going to teach the word of God. 
but uh, he was like in his 20s, in, like in his early 20s. And so, uh, you know, Paul, you know, continued to encourage him and things like that. But, you know, uh, Timothy, you know, what I learned from him, you know, was, you know, when you read through, um, you know, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, you get a young man who is just faithful, who's sincere, who just wants, you know, who, you know, who just wants to please God. I mean, you know, how can you not like a guy like that? Um, but Paul, again, seems to be a man who's evidently at the end of his life. You know, he's settling accounts with people, you know, sending out letters, you know, you know, tying up some loose ends and preparing for, you know, for the, you know, you know, for his moment. And uh, it seems like Paul was almost like it was almost like he was passing the torch to Timothy. Um, uh, you know, when I whenever I read Second Timothy, I don't know, for me, I kind of got the, you know, this theme of like legacy, you know, he's passing on this legacy, except for it's not Paul's own legacy. It's the legacy of the good news. He's passing this on, you know, the undefiled truth of the gospel being passed on, saying, listen, in the midst of everybody teaching all these crazy things, I'm giving this to you, and I'm encouraging you to continue on with it. He's passing it on to him. But Paul knew some things that he wanted Timothy to know, and he knew that after his death, that things were only going to get more difficult for Timothy and his ministry. Um, Timothy, you know, you, you know, eventually ended up in prison for some time. Um, and so we know that happened. But um, we're getting, you know, as we get to the end of 2 Timothy chapter 4, he gives the last encouragement, the last instructions that he, you know, that he has from his heart to Timothy in verse 5. And we're going to read it. And so um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, this is what he says to Timothy, the last encouragement that he can give to him. He says this, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill the ministry. Again, the title tonight's message is Shoot the Shot. So uh, for those of you who know a little bit about me, you know a few things about me. Uh, you know that I love my family. You know, I love my girls. I love my baby girls. You know, I love my Linda Monita, Mamacita Melinda. It's my baby girl. Um, you know, I love food. I love to eat. You know, uh, as we have, you know, as I've traveled, I've explored new foods and new flavors, new tastes. You know, I love food. And another thing I love is I love basketball. I mean, if you know me, you know. In fact, I think the first time I was introduced here, I told Pastor, I told everybody, you know, I love basketball, you know. So, uh, and so whenever I was reading this, and, you know, Paul was talking about how, how he has fought the good fight and he has, you know, and he's finished his race. And he's giving these themes, you know, these sport themes. I just couldn't help but to view it as if he was, you know, I mean, you know, one more, you know, let's just throw in a basketball reference, you know. You know, I imagine him, you know, saying that he is, you know, that he has, you know, he has completed his game and he's dribbling out the clock at the end of the game and he is ready and he's, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, in the, you know, he's, he's dribbling out the clock, you know, at the end of the game for the win. You know, his clock, the clock of his life is expiring down to zero. And um, as he is knowing that he is ending his life, he is knowing that he is, he is given his best, he's given all on the court, he looks over at Timothy and he sees that he's still in the middle of his game. He's still competing. He's still running his race. 
He's still competing in his game. And he also realizes that the opponents that he's facing are going to get bigger. And the competition that he's going to face is going to get stronger. It's going to get tougher. And, you know, um, in, you know uh, in basketball, um, one of the things that, you know, I've learned, you know, on the basketball court is, you know, there are times whenever, the, you, know, you know, the game gets a little rough. You know, you know, it gets a little tough. You know, just like life. You know, sometimes, you know, we get, in a, you know, we get in a place in life where things get a little hard, a little rougher. It's like we have to run a little bit harder. We have to try a little bit more. And it's like that on the basketball court when it's just like nothing is working. I mean, you throw up the ball, it's just like, you know, nothing. You know, uh, you, know you're, you know, it feels like the obstacles are getting big. And, you know, it's just you get into a rut and it's hard to get out. And, you know, it's. Whenever, you know, you know, in the game of basketball, you know, whenever things are going well, you know, the ball is hot is what we call it. You know, the ball is moving, you catch it, and when you catch it, it's like there's got energy in the ball. So when you shoot it, it's going in. You know, it just, you just feel it, but sometimes it's just not there, you know? It's just not there. And in those times, what the, you know, you know whenever you're in those moments, in, you know, in the game, when you don't, when you feel like things are kind of just mounting up against you, that's whenever you go back to the basics. You go back to the fundamentals. You go back to the things in the beginning, the things at the end of the day that you know that works to get you there, the very basics. It's like, you know, uh, you know at the end of the game, you know, what we call clutch time, crunch time, it's the last two minutes of the game. Sometimes you get to the free throw line, and the free throw line is it's a free shot, but at the same time, it's one of the hardest shots during that time because, you know, you don't have pressure, you don't have anything, and yet you, you don't have the momentum of the game to be able to help give you that energy. You're just dead right there in front of the goal. And again, you have to go back to the basics. And I feel like Paul, what he was wanting to give Timothy here in these, uh, I'm here in verse 5, and he's encouraging him, listen, at the end of the day, if you can do one thing, if you can do a few things, let's go back to the basics and let's focus on these four things. At the end of the day, this is what we're going to go after. This is what I want to encourage you to do. He's encouraging him to take the shot. So um, let's go ahead and look at the first thing he says. He says, uh, you know, to to be watchful in all things. So he says, number one, be watchful. Um, and I believe in the New Living Translation, it says to be sober-minded. So um, I did a word study um, and, uh, on sober-minded, and it's a Greek word uh, in the New Testament, and it's the word nephi. I think I said that right. Nephi. And that word nephi means to be calm, focused, and controlled. Sober-minded, to be calm, focused, and controlled. And, you know, uh, I'm sure that he's speaking to, as he was writing this, he's imagining uh, Timothy going through what he was going through. You know, in the church, not only um, was he fighting against false teaching in the church, but as Pastor Ron always speaks about, this was the time when Nero was going insane. He was going crazy. And because he was going crazy and his kingdom seems to be splitting at the seams, he begins to blame the Christians. And so Paul, the reason why he's getting beheaded, but also why things are just getting a little wild and a little crazy. And he's encouraging him to be sober-minded, to be watchful, 
to be calm, to be focused, to control, to not allow, to don't, to not be, to not allow yourself to be rattled by the current climate. And you know, um, I know that, um, you know, I, I was reading. Um, if you read verse, I'm sorry, chapter three in Second Timothy, it's 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 crazy. You know, he begins to tell Timothy what the end times are going to look like. You know, this is what things are going to look like. And when you read it, I feel like you're reading 2020, like literally straight off the page. It's like, man, he was prophesying about this year. Like this is just this is just crazy. And uh, you know, with everything going on, whether it's personal, family-related, or whether it's just everything else going on, sometimes it just seems like you know things seem to be caving in. But what he encouraged Timothy was to not be rattled and to keep his eyes focused on the goal and on the prize, to be to be focused on the things that matter the most. And for and for Paul, the goal never changed. The prize never changed. I'm sorry, the mission and the goal never changed. It was always Jesus and Jesus Christ crucified, and that was it. That was his message. He says that I am unashamed of the gospel. And, um, and so he's encouraging him to keep your eyes focused on the goal and, do not, and not to be wavered. So uh, number one, be watchful. Number two, he encourages him, he says, to endure afflictions. Endure afflictions. Uh, another translation says to endure hardship. Now, again, Paul knew that things were going to get worse for Timothy, as I mentioned earlier. And he's encouraging him to endure, to keep going, to persevere, even when things get hard. Paul was encouraging him to push through. And we know sometimes in life we have to push through. But it was interesting. When you take the context of what he was saying, he had just got done telling him that there's going to be, you know, the same people that you're teaching are going to eventually turn and they're going to want to hear things that tickle their ears. They're going to want to hear things and, and, and they, they're, they're going to turn away for a bit from the gospel. And what he's saying is, uh, he said, uh, uh, what he was encouraging was to hold fast as, you know, going through these things, to hold fast and to continue in what he has learned and what he's firmly believed, to hold on to the truth, to not allow the truth to be wavered, his truth, knowing who God is, knowing the word of God, knowing, what's, knowing what he has been taught, to not allow it to change him and not allow it to change the word of God. He was encouraging him to maintain a Christian perspective through the midst of everything that was going on. And, you know, again, that sounds like today, you know, our need to continue to hold a Christian perspective through the, through the times that we're living in today. To not let go of the teaching that was passed down to him and like others had done. You know, uh, one of my fa- you, you, you know, one of the things that I have, uh, I love about our church and that I've learned here. You know, I, uh, I learned a lot of things in Bible college. I learned a lot of things, you know, in youth ministry, you know, growing up and as a youth leader. And, um, and you, know, it, you know, I knew that, you know, I've always known Jesus and always preached Jesus. But um, at the end of the day, this church is about souls. And this church is about, and, and the only way for, for people to be saved is through the message of Jesus Christ. 
and we keep the main thing the main thing. And he's encouraging him to do the same thing, to keep, to keep the main thing the main thing and not allow um, the times of, of, of what was going on to change his perspective, but to, but to keep on going and moving forward. So that was number two. And then number three, he says, to do the work of an evangelist. So be watchful, endure afflictions. Number three, to do the work of an evangelist. He's encouraging him to preach the word in season and out of season. When the time is fitting and when the time is not. So he was encouraging him to be ready to share the truth. Um, and as I was kind of, you know, you know, studying, I was trying to, you know, kind of get a better glimpse of what he was saying. And what I, uh, I believe what uh, I think it was New Living Translation uh, shared was to, uh, to, to work at sharing the gospel, to work at sharing the gospel. And I love this, to, you know, for us to be able to work at it, for us to continue to tweak it and get better at it, you know, uh, you know uh, to realize that at a time that we think that, we'll, that we may not need it, is the time that we may, and it's an opportunity for us to sharpen our tools, to get better at sharing the gospel, and to communicate it, uh, and to communicate it through our you know, throughout our life and ministry. And then number four, he says to fulfill your ministry. Now, um, you know, when I was studying this, I got two. There, there, there were two, two, um, two things I drew from what he was saying here. Um, uh, he says. Uh, to fulfill all aspects of ministry was one, was one picture that in the, in the area that you have been called to, the things that God has called you to do, to be faithful in it and to do your best to cover all of those things. But then there was the other side, which, uh, which really encouraged me. Uh, Paul was encouraging him to accomplish the purpose of our ministry, to accomplish the purpose of his ministry, to not let it go unfulfilled. To not allow hardship to cause him to quit. I imagine, I can only imagine what Paul went through. And I can only imagine how many times that he felt, man, this is hard. This is hard. And I think he knew that. And he was encouraging Timothy, there's going to be times that you're going to, you know, that's, that, it, that there's going to be a, a temptation to want to throw in the towel. There's going to be time for it. You know, there's going to be a time where, 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 or a leer to want to give less than the best that you have to give. But he was encouraging him that at the end of the day, to do your best to fulfill the ministry that God has called you to do. To not give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep going, even in the time when it's hard. To keep pushing through. And you know, um, you know, it's funny because. I remember for so long in my life, I was always wondering, God, what have you called me to do? What have you called me to do? When really, God was showing me that where I was, that's what he wanted me to do. And, you know, at times, you know, we may think that we may believe that, that um, or let's not allow ourselves to believe that, that we cannot do what God has called us to do. Let's not allow that that, that thinking to get in our hearts and get in our minds to think that maybe we're not qualified to do what God has called us to do, that we're not equipped, that we don't have all it takes. Because I can tell you that you're not qualified and I'm not qualified because God is the one who qualifies us for the call. Amen. 
If he calls us, then he will qualify us. You are qualified because he has called. That's the best thing about God. And, um, you know, in the times where you, where, you, where you don't have, where you feel like you've lost courage, where you feel like you just don't have it, man, borrow it from him. Borrow it from God. Remind yourself that God has qualified you. And step in and begin to fulfill the ministry that God has called us to do. Because God has called us all to fulfill a ministry. Whether it's as, you know, as parents, uh, as sharing the gospel with whoever it is. But whatever, it, whatever God has called us to, let's step in and do our best to fulfill it to the best of our ability.